0: The prayers on the first day of Hanukkah. On normal days of Hanukkah, you usually do two prayers. Oh, thanks. But on the first day of Hanukkah, you actually do a third prayer, which my father, who came up from Connecticut today, was nice enough to remind me of today. <laughs> so the third prayer has not been practiced. So thank you, Dad. Len, could you hold this for a second, please? And the challenge with the first day of Hanukkah is always getting the candle to stay in there, too. We have the prayers that we're going to read. And the candle that lights the other candles is called the shamus, and it goes in the center. You want to say it together? So the first prayer goes like this. It says, ready, Lynn? Baruch atah Adonai.
1: Hanukkah.
0: And translated, that means, Blessed are you, O God. You can light it. There you go. Sovereign of all who hallows us with the mitzvah, commanding us to kindle the Hanukkah lights. The second prayer goes as such. baruch atah Adonai. Do you want to do this one too with me? Eloheinu melech ha'alam shiasa nisim labutenu <laughs> bayomin And that means I'll get the third one ready. Blessed are you, O God, sovereign of all, who performed wondrous deeds for our ancestors in the days of old at this season. And the third one, the unrehearsed one, goes Baruch ta Adonai, Elohenu Melech HaOlam, Shehekianu Vehigianu, Vehigianu, Lasman HaZeh. Blessed are you, O God, sovereign of all, who has kept us alive and sustained us and brought us to this season. Amen.
2: Friends, it is officially December, and there are, there are wreaths in the window, as you, as you see, and there are candles in the window, which come on at 5 o'clock tonight. And I don't know if you noticed, but there's now a police detail at the mall to help with the traffic flow, and there is enough flame up here. <laughs> To uh, Well, there have been enough close calls with me, with my flowing sleeves, that we now have a fire extinguisher <laughs> in case my fi- our fiery sermons become more than just a metaphor. All of it, all of us so busy that we could be forgiving, forgiven for thinking that any of this month had to do with anything religious at all, right? Least of all, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah, festival of light that gets swallowed up. It gets swallowed up by the giant, glowing, decorated, plugged-in, amped-up Christmas machine. Amen? Now you remember, I've told this before, that I grew up Catholic and that I was a regular altar boy at the 6 a.m. morning Masses, amen to that, (laughs) especially during the the endless parade of Masses in the month of December. There were so many services that I had to do, but what I haven't told us before is that after school and on the weekends, the two best friends in my neighborhood, that would hang out the most were Ben and Aaron. And it wasn't until like December of fourth or fifth grade when I walked into their respective houses and I was like, where's the Christmas tree? And I discovered, and in its place was, was a menorah, and I learned that they were Jewish. And in fact, one of the first arguments that I ever had with Ben, I remember, was about Jesus and Mary and the whole story. He won. but what I want us to know what I know is that this time of year is not about argument it's actually not a whole lot about belief I think it's about traditions it's about ancestry it's about story it's about memory it's about heritage and what worries me a bit in this day is how the spotlight the floodlight of the Christmas story kind of blinds out all the light of all the other stories. I worry about that. So I feel especially grateful for a congregation like this and our Unitarian Universalism to remind us that one of our main practices is that I will sing your song and you will sing mine. We sing each other's song because coming here on Sundays is an act of generosity for the pew neighbors, the people around you. It's not only for you, it's for the people next to you we say to all of us here in this room we who are Jewish families we are Christian families we are no religion families we are mixed all mixed together families kind of like wondering all of us like what does this even mean so with the arrival of Hanukkah tonight we get to hear from some in our midst who come from Jewish tradition and Jewish heritage and how they hold close and celebrate their faith. We get to hear from Mike Zarin, Anissa Tapper-Torres, and Alan Cantor. What would you like your Unitarian Universalist community, and that's all of us, to to know on Hanukkah about your Jewish identity and your heritage?
3: Well, as might be obvious by my being up here right now, I was raised Jewish. My grandmother and grandfather were active in their local synagogue in Andover. My grandfather, a former high school English teacher, became a biblical scholar who published several books, including a textbook on the Bible as slash in literature. He was also a champion of the separation of church and state. I went to a talk he gave at Harvard on the subject while I was in high school. Satyrs with my extended family were magical. My grandfather would always add fascinating commentary to to supplement our super dry Haggadahs. Reverend Nathan would have totally bonded with my grandfather over word (laughs) derivations and the like. (laughs) My immediate family didn't attend a temple while I was growing up, but my parents still wanted me to learn about my Jewish heritage in a more formal way. So they sent my brother and me to a Jewish Sunday school in Newton, run out of classrooms at LaSalle College by a rabbi with help from parent volunteers. There, we learned all sorts of biblical stories from Genesis and Adam and Eve to Noah's Ark, from David and Goliath to Samson and Delilah, and so on. We learned about Jewish holidays. I particularly remember spinning our Gregor noisemakers every time the villain Haman's name was mentioned during the retelling of the Purim story every year. We learned a bit about Jewish history, including the exodus from Eastern Europe during the pogroms and the founding of Israel. I remember them trying to teach us Hebrew one year and our class completely unable to remember what we'd been taught from week to week. I think we drove that particular teacher a little crazy After several weeks of our failing to progress past about the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, she ended up showing us a movie on Jewish history in installments for the remaining classes of the term. (laughs) I think we were all a little happier then. When I graduated from Sunday school after my bar mitzvah in seventh grade, I was pretty much done with formal Jewish religious practice. Part of it was just fatigue. After so many years of all that formal Jewish stuff, I was ready for a break. Also, my bar mitzvah felt like a graduation. I was ready to move on. One other nail in the coffin came in reflecting on something my brother said around then. He asked, if the Jews were the so-called chosen people, where did that leave everyone else? It was just so arbitrary to be a chosen person just because I happened to be born into the right family. In a way, this cognitive dissonance was a foreshadowing of my current alignment with the UU principle of universal salvation. While I stopped formal Jewish activities after my bar mitzvah and graduation from Sunday school, I have always treasured my Jewish history, my Jewish heritage and identity my local extended family continues to gather to celebrate the more cultural Jewish holidays, primarily those that involve a big meal, (laughs) like Passover and break the fast after the high holy day of Yom Kippur. And I continue to celebrate Hanukkah. I love the ritual of lighting candles and singing the blessing every night. There's something so grounding about this, the festival of lights. And as with many Jewish holidays, there's some yummy food involved in the celebration. In my family's case, that would be latkes, or potato pancakes fried in oil. Next Sunday, my wife, my kids, and I will be getting together with my mom and stepmom to celebrate the holiday with a dinner featuring latkes topped with sour cream and my mother's homemade applesauce. And tonight, after sundown, my family will light our candles, set on, (laughs) set on this, (laughs) my very own menorah, which was one of the gifts I was given over 30 years ago at my Sunday school graduation. I've used this menorah so many Hanukkahs since then, connecting me to my Jewish heritage, to my mother and father, to my grandparents, and to the rest of my ancestors and fellow Jews. While I still question some of some things about Judaism, I love being a UU Jew.
1: I have a candle. I have a On
3: Hanukkah.
2: So next we have one of our youth, Anissa. So Anissa, what does Hanukkah mean to you? What are some of the traditions that your family has around Hanukkah? And why is it important or special for you to learn about your family traditions?
1: When I was younger, before I understood what Hanukkah was, we'd go to my friend's Hanukkah party down the street from our house. She told me about Hanukkah Harry, who she said brought presents to little girls and boys who celebrated Hanukkah. She said if you spin around 10 times, you'd get a present under your pillow the next morning. We did it together, and the next morning, we both found the same Ariel doll under our pillows. Wouldn't it be great if we could do it eight straight nights in a row? In the years since, I grew to understand that Hanukkah was to honor the Jews who fought to preserve their religion, their customs, their traditions. It really has nothing to do with presents. In our house, presents are usually given at Christmas time. My mom isn't Jewish, and my dad is. With my dad's parents, my grandfather is Jewish, and my grandmother is Catholic. We celebrate both holidays, we decorate our Christmas tree, and we light the menorah for all eight nights of Hanukkah. I love Hanukkah because it celebrates lights. The colors are so bright, and I love that you don't blow out the candles. Just let them burn until they go dark. I also love relearning the prayers every year. It's pretty much the only time I speak a foreign language, except for Spanish class. (laughs) It's great because I really don't know them well at the beginning of the week and by, but by the end of the week, I know them by heart. Since I'm only a quarter Jewish, I don't, celebrate. I don't have to celebrate by letting the menorah, but it's something I look forward to do every year. I love it because it's, it's a time for our family to celebrate all the traditions we have. I think, it's I think it's important because I love to talk about it with my grandfather. It's amazing to think that he was enjoying the same traditions with his grandfather when he was my age a long time ago. It was amazing that these traditions have been going on for thousands and thousands of years since the Maccabees were defending the Temple of Jerusalem, It's also amazing that these will be going on for thousands of years from now on. One day, I hope I'll be doing this with my grandkids. It's fascinating to think. It's fascinating to think that these have may this, these have been may have been my ancestors in Israel so long ago. Could my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather have been a Maccabee? Would I be brave enough to fight? I have grown so much since I was a little girl, and I love how much I keep learning. When I first lit a Hanukkah candle, I didn't know how to read. Once I learned how to read, my parents bought me an Action Bible, which is a graphic novel of the Bible. Soon I was able to read it to my, to my younger sister. Now I always have a book with me. If I couldn't read, I don't know what I would do. If History is my favorite subject. Learning about people's backgrounds allows us to know more about them and learn about the world. It opens my mind to see to, to people who came before us in places that I haven't been yet. It's hard to believe that at 10 years old, I have my own history and these traditions are my family's history. I don't need presents for Hanukkah to make it a special day. All I need is one menorah, eight days, and my family to make this a special tradition.
4: Good morning, I'm Alan Cantor, and uh, Nathan asked me to, read, uh, to write something about this question What does the metaphor of light mean to you in these times? So, the word Hanukkah means dedication, and I ask you to keep this in mind as I continue, and to also keep this question in mind to what do you dedicate your life? So, I got Nathan's request to speak on bringing the metaphor of light to these times. Uh, It was last Tuesday, and I was not in a very bright place. Nothing terrible, just not up at the moment. It was the lull after a very long full holiday weekend and concern for two loved ones being treated for cancer. But immediately after saying yes to speaking on this question, I felt lighter and better. This got me to thinking of what I would say guided by my moving from dark to light in that moment. The first thing that came to mind is that I was given an opportunity to serve, to make a contribution to all of you. Many say that we are living in dark and troubling times. Maybe these are more so than any other time, maybe not. I'm not here to judge the events or times we are living through. I am here to say what the metaphor of bringing light is in these times. These times to me me mean the life that I am living right now, the lives that you are living right now. So how do we bring light to these times and these lives? For many, many Sundays now, Nathan has been beginning each of his sermons with Leonard Cohen's words There's a crack in everything, that's how the light gets in. Well, many months ago I was pondering these words sitting in the pew and played with them a bit and added, it's also how the light gets out through our cracks. So, to what do you dedicate your life? What calls to you that has you give your time, your efforts to contributing to the world? When you do so, the light shines bright. The world and these times light up. Whatever is dark and troubling has no power in the face of you, all of you, and each of you dedicating your lives to good in whatever manner you are called to. You might ask, where do I find this? Where do I contribute? I'm guessing that many of you already have an answer to that. Our church offers many opportunities to do so. The work I do as a lay pastoral care minister and as a worship associate fulfills the urge and need in me to care for people and to explore theological inquiries and topics. Both give me a chance to make a contribution to you all, but more important is the fulfillment of something within me. There are many cracks in me that your light shines into. All of you hold me up in many ways and those same cracks let my light out to hopefully make a positive difference in your lives. After lighting the Hanukkah candles, the following words begin a paragraph that is recited each on each of the eight nights. We kindle these lights for the miracles and the wonders. Well, you are the lights that bring miracle and wonders to the world, your family, your friends, this church, and beyond. Thank you.
2: We thank all of our voices this morning.